Hey, guess what? It's time for Making Kayfabe with your hosts, Bryce and Dylan. Hello and a very warm welcome to Making Kayfabe, the fantasy booking podcast where two writers rebook some of wrestling's biggest missed opportunities and can you believe it, this is officially season number six. My name is Bryce, I'm joined as always by my good friend Dylan and today to kick off season six in the very first of eight episodes we have planned for this season, I'm going to be taking you through my rebooking of Cody Rhodes and AEW. Of course he left for WWE this year, but what would have happened if Cody Rhodes stayed with AEW? What if the much-hinted heel turn actually took place? And hey, what if Cody set his sights on the Forbidden Championship, the world title? How would AEW book themselves out of that corner? Well, it's all coming up, but first we simply have to find out. How are you, Dylan? I'm good, man. I'm really excited to hear this rebooking because not only is it the start of Season 6, a big, bombastic start to the season. Thank you very much for everybody tuning in. You stuck with us this far. Season 6, it's amazing. So not only are we starting off with a bang with Cody Rhodes, but I know how excited you have been about writing this. You, you, you were like, oh, I've got it's, it's come along perfectly. You want to see what's happening. And then <laughs> Cody Rhodes, he's like tied to the train tracks and the train's coming. How are we going to solve the problem? Whoa, spoilers, spoilers. Well, that's what I mean. I'm like, you have to listen to the show to find out. And we're about to find out. Exactly how Co- it it looks like Cody. There's no way he's gonna be able to untie himself from the train tracks, but <laughs> but there's always a way, you know. I have to frantically rewrite my ending here. Damn it! Yeah, who 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 is the villain who ties Cody Rhodes to the train tracks? Uh, let, let, let's see, um, Kid Cash. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, let's take it. Cash. I was trying to think of the most random wrestler I can think of. The, the, the answer, the answer to the most random wrestler ever is Kid Cash. That's pretty. Yeah, it's pretty out there. And uh, you, you didn't see it coming. No, I didn't. I really didn't. You know. But here's the thing. I know he would get a hell of a pop from that AEW crowd to be like, "It's Kid Cash." Yeah, he's from ECW. Yeah, <laughs> former cruiserweight champion in WWE. Right? Was he? I don't even I don't fucking know. remember. Everybody was at some time. I mean, like, yeah, Frenaki was. Yeah, I wasn't. But that's Jimmy Wang Yang wasn't. No, that's true. He wasn't. That's 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 a crime. And we'll be hearing all about that next week. Am I rebooking if Jimmy Wang Yang? <laughs> also, for everyone who tuned in to hear Cody Rhodes, I'm I'm I'm, I'm sorry to say we're now rebooking Kid Cash. We're doing Kid Cash. Yeah, <laughs> it's Kid Cash. It's it's a Kid Cash AW heel turn. Yes, the people you guys don't know that you want it, but really, when you hear it, you're like, that's the that's the show we wanted. It's gonna do like control replace kind of thing. Just replace Cody Rhodes with Kid Cash and just like yeah, mm-hmm. Kid Cash and his wife Brandy. After Kid Cash said he would never fight for the AEW Championship again, like did he? <laughs> The American Nightmare, Kid Cash. Yeah, Kid <laughs> Cash ties Kid Cash to the railway tracks. Like, I thought that was Cody. That's it. Kid Cash's evil twin brother, but uh, who is also called Kid Cash? <laughs> Kid also Kid Cash. It's yeah. really hard to tell them apart. They're named them the same as well. I mean, yeah, and ridiculous. they are they are identical twins. <laughs> uh, 
in all seriousness, it's about Cody Rhodes. And Dylan, I know you're not like a weekly viewer of AEW. I think you check out some shows. Like, What do you know about Cody Rhodes' AEW run? I really like Cody Rhodes. I thought when AEW started, Cody Rhodes was going to be one of the guys that I would pay attention to. And he really was. Like, I liked a lot of the stuff he did. The stuff he did with MJF was fun. You know, um, I I feel like you you kind of touched upon it earlier, but I feel like they went for the Cody Rhodes can't challenge for the belt angle like too quickly, in my opinion. I feel like you could have milked that. There could have been some some good stuff yeah, there. That was and, very early. Yeah, yeah, and the same with the MJF um, Cody feud because they they kind of aligned Cody and MJF together, and I'm like, I get that, that seemed really quick as well. I'm like, you could totally milk this for like. A couple more months, but mm. I still uh, enjoyed that kind of stuff. I think Cody Rhodes has done, he, you know, he's he's really done some memorable stuff on that show, and you know, I I, I always like Cody Rhodes, and so I was interested in his stuff, and it's a shame whenever he, sometimes he kind of pop in and out, you know, he he'd be like I gotta go and film a reality TV show, yeah, I gotta go and be a host of a game show, whatever the fuck he's doing. <laughs> and you're like, if they just put him on TV all the time, or not even all the time, but like kind of more consistently, instead of just him popping in and out, you know, that's what they need. You need consistency to, to keep people invested. Yeah, for sure. And like, it's it's funny you mentioned that. We're, we'll talk about this in a bit later, but it's uh, with Cody Rhodes' run, that might be one of the reasons he got, you know, booed so much yeah, towards the end I about think leaving so. for the reality shows and stuff like that. Because there was a time towards the end of his run where he did like everything he could to get like a a baby face reaction from the crowd but still like towards the end of his run he was being just venomously booed and like there's probably a few reasons for that which we'll go into but i mean what what do you think the main reasons for that are well i do agree with you in that 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 reaction from the fans could have come from the fact that he was kind of popping in and out like you know i i don't really like the young bucks that much that's been on record but to their credit, like they're on TV every week, they're there, they're putting the work in. Sure, I think they've been on every single AEW pay per view. That's they're they're out there doing that, and in the eyes of some of the fans, maybe Cody Rhodes wasn't exactly doing that, you know. Mm. And I think maybe they thought he was kind of coasting a little bit. So I think that could be it. And part timer, yeah, kind of. Which is funny because you know AEW's only started, so for one of their, you know, uh, executive vice presidents to suddenly start doing a part-time gimmick you're like you, yeah you, you, that's a bit quick you know uh i i i don't really know i feel like part of it was the refusal to acknowledge the heel turn as well yeah yeah, like yeah the yeah. fact that he kind of doubled down on being a good guy made people dislike him even more which i think both of us can agree should have been the impetus to turn heel like yeah the, it's, him it's... him doubling down as a good guy should have been to lead to an eventual heel turn because that's him really trying to put over how good of a guy he is and then he turns heel and he could, could it would have had more like impact to it it all but looked like he was going for that heel turn as well but yeah. they never did and it just it's, it's eerily similar to wwe and john cena right just like having him heel ha- sorry having him baby face constantly 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 he's getting booed out of the building he's still a baby face still a baby face like they're, they're sticking to their guns on it and like 
Cody Rhodes became that, and like just, I always thought the heel turn was going to come. I thought it was going to come, and just um, we had to wait for it, wait for the big moment. He's he's just um, you know, being the super baby face, and like uh, despite the fans' reaction, but it's bizarre we never got it, and I, I don't understand why. And, yeah, um, like that's kind of why we're here today. You know? I would have said it would have been best for business to turn Cody Rhodes heel. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I do. There's part of me that's like kind of really loves the fact that everybody was like, he should have been a heel. He's like, no, I'm sticking with it, and then I'm leaving. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> he's like, fuck you. Um, I I thought that was strange. Like if 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 I was a booker, and Lord knows we have a, a show where, where we can do that, I would have turned him heel. And you know, I haven't heard your rebooking. I suspect you are in the same camp. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, my, my booking of the heel turn is that I haven't turned him heel yet. Yeah, he's still um, obvious. <laughs> <laughs> but isn't that like, wouldn't that be the most extreme heel where he's just still like, everybody's booing him yeah, and he's, and he's just like yeah, hugging yeah. them and like patting them on the head. I love my fans and they all like hate him. Like that could work it's as like a heel. He, he is a heel, but he does baby face things. It's like, yeah. um, like how MGF was um, in, in Long Island. You know, he's like he's acting like a baby face, but he is the biggest heel. Um, but all right, let, let's um, you know we've got a fantasy booking of Cody Rhodes heel turn coming up. But first, let's do a, a brief catch up on where we're at so that we can set the scene. So Cody Rhodes, the talk of wrestling in the first quarter of 2022, but his story as it relates to today's booking starts in 2017, and on May 16th, 2017, a wrestling fan who had no clue what he was about to start tweeted journalist Dave Meltzer a question. Do you think ROH can ever sell out an arena with 10,000 plus fans, something like Madison Square Garden? And Meltzer famously replied, not anytime soon. <laughs> Good old Meltzer. Which was the undersell of the decade. Boy, um, he gets them right every time, doesn't he? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but that prompted Cody Rose to reply 10 minutes later, saying, I'll take that bet, Dave. <laughs> and what a, what a bet it was. It led to the creation of All In, the first non wwe or WCW event to sell out over 10,000 tickets since 1993. Uh, the final count is actually how much down? 10,004. Ooh, 11,263. I was, I was uh, kind of close. You were within 2,000. Yeah, yeah. sorry. Um, but anyway, this caught the attention of one Anthony Rafik Khan, who contacted Cody and his business partners, the Young Bucks. Trademarks were filed and all elite wrestling was created. And this made a lot of people very angry and has widely been regarded as a bad move. But in reality, regardless of your opinion on AEW, I think it's undeniable that its creation changed the wrestling world for the better. You didn't get that Hitchhiker's reference, no? I haven't seen it. Seen it? You need to read it. I oh, haven't. Re- I can't read. You know what it is. The- oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Uh, I'm not allowed to. <laughs> anyway, Cody Rhodes was made an executive vice president of AEW and quickly became a huge part of their pay-per-views and Dynamite, their weekly television show. Getting onto a string of wins, one of which included the excellent match with Dustin Rhodes at Double or Nothing. Go out your way to see that one. He eventually earned a shot at Chris Jericho's World Championship at Full Gear 2019. On the November 6th episode of Dynamite, Cody announced that if he were to lose at Full Gear, he would never challenge for the AEW World Championship again. Well, Cody lost, and true to his word, he never challenged for the World Championship again. 
Instead, he'd put his focus on building up future stars of AEW, entering into feuds with characters like MGF, Darby Allin, Anthony Agogo, Sammy Guevara, and um, Shaquille O'Neal. From 2020 to 22, he would win the TNT title three times as a strong fan favourite babyface through and through, putting in gutsy performances, taking part in dangerous stunts, like literally setting himself on fire, for example. But despite it, the crowd's reaction to him was starting to sour somewhat. And now we talked about it at the start there, but it's kind of it's open to anyone's interpretation because I don't think there's one prevalent reason that the fans started to boo Cody. I mean, like I said, he got the, the John Cena treatment, as in, you know, getting lots of hate despite being pushed as a top babyface. One reason I thought was just Cody Rhodes' overall presentation. Um, you know, he was always wearing expensive suits. He always had the hugely fancy entrances with, a, mm. with tons of pyro. And, <laughs> yeah. and he's on special stage to lift him up onto the fucking podium. He was also frequently part of segments which kind of versed on cringy and, uh, like... Things his character did um, kind of often came across as tryhard, like on the nose, kind of a critique of AEW's rivals, like, uh, hey, hey, fuck WWE, am I right, guys? That kind of stuff. I'm sure we all remember the, the fucking sledgehammer to the to the throne, um, which is just, I don't know, I thought that was cringe. Yeah, how did that um, work out for you, Cody? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Look at you now. <laughs> Oops. Oh boy. Um but as a as a parallel to the John Cena comparisons, Cody's character never really changed from day one, um, which could have led him to becoming stale. He also, as you know it down, he went part time and started focusing on his reality show as well as a game show in the TNT network, which uh, often rubs wrestling fans the wrong way. They don't like part timers. And then eventually, the more fans booed Cody, the more fun it became for them in a strange way, with everyone getting on it just for a laugh and I don't know what the exact turning point was, but soon enough, there was just no turning back. AEW had to turn Cody heel. He would never be salvaged as a babyface with a stubborn crowd who would never accept it. By the very end of his AEW run, Cody was being venomously booed. He even started slightly leaning into the negative reaction, leading fans to you know assume that a Cody Rhodes heel turn was coming, but it never came. And in a complete shocker, which undoubtedly will end up as one of the biggest stories of 2022, Cody wrestled his final match for AEW on January 26th and announced his departure from his company on February 15th. A month later, he was under contract to WWE, becoming the first high-profile switch from AEW to WWE. But what if the heel turn really did happen? What kind of story could AEW have weaved with a heel Cody Rhodes who undoubtedly would get a huge amount of heat from every crowd he stood in front of? I think if Cody Rhodes stayed, AEW could have run some serious, compelling storylines. So hey, why don't we explore that now? Let's do it. Let's book the Cody Rhodes heel turn in AEW. Alright, we're going to start today's fantasy booking in the future. Welcome to the world of tomorrow! See, I got that reference. 
There you go. You got that. I knew you get that. One. <laughs> uh, I'm a cultured man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Apart from not reading Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, I mean, come on, man. Yeah, but I've seen Futurama, uh, so same difference. Yeah, right? fair enough. Yeah, same difference. Yeah. Uh, as we record this, it's the middle of May 2022, and currently Double or Nothing is a fortnight away, and in the main event, it's due to be Hangman Adam Page defending his AEW World Title against Charles Montgomery Punk. AKA CM Punk. Which I like. That's a good that's a good matchup, man. Yeah, that's it, man. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Bientra is one of the things, I mean, yeah, this is gonna be mute if you are listening to this in two weeks' time, but it's, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. hard to tell who wins that one really. I if if it were us and we're the bookers, I would have I would have Hangman Page win it. I'd have punk. Like you said, though, punk term. like you said, there, there's arguments for both. I think. Yeah. Oh, definitely. That's right. It's like it's a tough one, but I would, I'd be turning punk heel and then having them screw Hangman in some way. But hey, let's see who's right in a couple of weeks. But, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're gonna we're gonna keep the, the main event the same, but. If it wasn't clear already, this is a Cody Rhodes heel turn in AEW, so he did not debut for WWE at WrestleMania. Um, Who did Seth Rollins stands, fight at WrestleMania? Uh, Kid Cash. I was, gonna say, I was just about to say Kid Cash. <laughs> what a matchup. Oh, man. Anytime there's a mystery man in our stories from now on, it's, it's just Kid like, Cash. Kid Cash? Yeah. <laughs> Oh boy. As it stands in this story, Cody Rhodes has not been seen since losing his TNT title to Sammy Guevara in late January. We've seen stories about him leaving AEW and possibly joining WWE, but nobody has heard from Cody in over four months. Nobody knows what he's doing. So during the Double or Nothing pay-per-view on May 29th, 2022, we're going to start subtle. Literally, there's going to be like a random interview backstage in the parking lot of the arena. Maybe the inner circle have just arrived via limousine or Sting and Darby Allen have arrived on quad bikes. I don't know. Whatever it is, we're in the parking lot. And let's let's say inner circle just to set the scene. So Alex Marvez, AW's backstage interviewer, he comes up to interview Chris Jericho. And while it's not completely obvious, in the background of the interview, we see the tour bus of Cody Rhodes. The Nightmare Express, as he calls it, paying homage to the Deluxe Express. AEW fans will know that this is featured in a few episodes of Dynamite before, but um, if you want to, if you want to get some context, just Google Cody Rhodes bus and you'll see it. Don't don't no, Google no. John Cena bus. No, <laughs> it would be a very different story. That joke is only only makes sense. <laughs> That's for the Patreons. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you want to understand that joke? Our Patreon page, <laughs> patreon.com forward slash Mega Gaming. Oh man, it's a great sale. Um, but <laughs> and nothing else happens there. It's just a tease. And guarantee it though, somebody is going to notice this bus. They're going to post it on Reddit. They're going to post it on Twitter. And then all of a sudden, everyone's wondering when Cody's going to show up. It's obviously no coincidence that his bus is in the arena parking lot and in the main event of the show as stated we have hangman adam page versus cm punk for the AEW world title and as we said it's clearly going to be a great match we'll have them go 50 minutes or so and so they're nice and tired but in the end hangman page is going to defeat cm punk with the buckshot lariat retaining his world title his entrance music plays for about five seconds but then it's cut off and then we hear Wrestling has more than one royal family. Followed by the entrance music of a returning Cody Rhodes. So 
So this is a big surprise. So the fans cheer, uh, even though they've previously jeered the American Nightmare. Hangman Pace stands in the middle of the ring, completely exhausted after a 50-minute bout with the best in the world. He is extremely confused as Cody Rhodes walks out onto the Double or Nothing stage, and Cody is wearing his wrestling gear. Wait a minute, what? Excalibur, JR, and Tony Schiavone start questioning what's going on as Cody Rhodes brings a microphone to his lips. And he says, I'm sure you're all surprised to see me. Hey, who enjoyed Double or Nothing tonight? What a show, right? So, standard baby sounds face Sounds like shit, a face, right? yeah, like, sounds like a face. Yeah, that's it. So, it sounds very facey right now. And like that's what happens at the end of a lot of wrestling shows. You get some stars coming out to the ring to um, interact with the fans for a while. So maybe, maybe this is the post-show or something. Anyway, it's enough to leave a shade of doubt in the mind of the audience and the viewer at home. But then, Cody Rhodes continues to say... What a fantastic fighting champion Hangman Page is. That was a grueling match. You really dug deep to get that win and retain your AEW world title. A belt which stands for the spirits of this great wrestling promotion, which, well, I'm sure I don't need to remind you all that I created. That belt, they call it pretty platinum and well... All I've ever been able to do since Full Gear 2019 is admire it from afar. Because I'm a man of my word, right? I'm a stand-up guy, right? Three years ago, I put my right to challenge for that belt on the line and I lost, so there's no way I can ever get my hands on it, right? And he pauses, looking around at the audience, who are starting to suspect that some shit is going on. Cody follows up and says, Wrong. Come on, you people don't think I'm actually that stand-up guy, right? Do you people really think I'm a man in my word? Hey, I tried, alright? I tried to be the company man and go out there every night and risk my life by putting myself in dangerous matches, dangerous situations against dangerous people. And the fact of the matter is that I'm sick of trying to change the AEW audience's perception of me. So you know what? You're all absolutely right. I am a piece of shit and I don't care. All I care about is what I want. And what I want is pretty platinum. So Hangman Page is still in the ring questioning what the hell is going on. Even CM Punk has come to now as he rests his head in the bottom turnbuckle looking up at Cody Rhodes. Cody continues. You may all laugh and say that I want what I can't have, but that's not necessarily true because there are a few lucky coincidences here tonight. Firstly, we've got about, oh, 10 minutes of this pay-per-view left. You guys went 50 minutes, you see. Secondly, I really, really want that championship. I want Pretty Platinum. And thirdly, I am the executive vice president of AEW and I can do whatever the hell I want. So referee, stay right there because we are not done tonight. And to the surprise of everyone, Cody Rhodes starts advancing towards the ring. Evidently in an effort to take on Hangman Page for the AEW world title. A couple of AEW's other EVPs, the Young Bucks, they come out and try and stop him. They stand in front of him saying over and over again, you can't challenge for a world title. You cannot challenge for a world title. But they fail as Cody Rhodes pushes right through them. AEW world champion Hangman Page looks on as Cody Rhodes enters the ring and then BAM! Cody Rhodes eats a roundhouse kick from CM Punk. Cody Rhodes immediately flies back out of the ring, landing in a heap on the arena floor. He sits up, 
clutching his forehead where Punk's boot made contact. CM Punk stands next to Hangman Page in a sign of unity. Those two just went through 50 minutes of hell together and there is a clear mutual respect. Cody is not happy though. In fact, he's fucking furious. He grabs a microphone again as the Young Bucks watch from behind and Punk and Hangman watch from the front. Cody Rhodes, clearly embarrassed, addresses CM Punk. Punk, Punk, you stupid son of a bitch. This isn't about you. This was never about you. And here you are yet again, shooing yourself into a situation you have nothing to do with. Didn't you listen to me three minutes ago? I am the EVP of AEW. I will be respected. And unfortunately for you, Punk, you just showed some pretty severe disrespect. You just showed insubordination. So you know what? You know what, Punk? You're fired. You're fired. This is your final AEW show. You're fired. Fired. CM Punk scoffs in the ring. He's like, you know, is this guy serious? The crowd have been whipped into a frenzy. They cannot stand Cody Rhodes right now. The Young Bucks start to drag Cody away, taking one arm each, but Cody still has the microphone. You're finished, Punk. No one's going to hire you anymore. Your asking price is too damn high and your prime was 15 years ago. And as for you, Hangman, I'll deal with you on Wednesday. That's the final thing we hear. Double or nothing goes off the air in complete calamity. In the last 15 minutes, Cody Rhodes returned, tried to go against the stipulation of him never fighting for the world title, and apparently he fired CM Punk? What the hell is going on? I guess we're going to have to wait to Dynamite to find out for sure. So we get to Dynamite, June 1st, 2022, and at the very top of the show, Excalibur passes on a note from AEW President Tony Khan saying that he is doing everything he can to rectify the situation in regards to CM Punk. He assures the fans that there will be an update soon, but that CM Punk will not be appearing on Dynamite tonight until everything is sorted. The first match of the show is going to be Hangman Adam Page versus somebody in the roster that he'd have a great 10 minute match with, let's say Ricky Starks for the sake of conversation. Hangman wins the match with the Buckshot Lariat, holds the AEW title high above his head and then out comes Cody Rhodes once again. But this time, Cody Rhodes has security with him. Tony Schiavone on commentary sighs and asks so what and how. There must be between one and two dozen security guards following Cody Rhodes down to the ring. Cody is dressed in one of his multi-thousand dollar suits. He has a bruise on his forehead from where Punk kicked him a few nights ago, but it doesn't affect the massive smile that's on his face. A bunch of security guards get into the ring, separating Hangman from Cody Rhodes, who enters the ring shortly afterwards. Classic cowardly move, bring a security in, it will draw instant heat from the crowd. But not as much as they're going to get in a couple of minutes. Cody gets on the microphone as he stands at one side of the ring. Hangman stands on the other with every single security guard separating them. Cody reviews the events that happened at Double or Nothing. He tries to explain that maybe he lost his head a bit and actually starts to apologise to Hangman for trying to get the jump on him. He reveals that he and Tony Khan had a chat and that he has seen the error of his ways. So hopes that Hangman can accept the apology and then we can move past this. Hangman is, of course, suspicious. Why did he bring out security just to apologise? Something isn't right here. He asks Cody what the deal is. And Cody says, oh, that's right. There is one more unfortunate piece of business that we have to address here. 
And Hangman, I'm sorry to say, you're probably not going to be a big fan of this announcement. I've got security here to keep the peace and, and make sure nothing gets out of hand because I'm aware that people can get very violent once they've got a few drinks in them. And there's a pause, a stunned pause. You know, what? what is Cody Rhodes saying right now? commentators are equally stumped. The audience start booing because once again they had the feeling that something unsavory is about to happen. Cody continues, Hangman, you've always loved a drink, haven't you? It's been no secret, especially during your time in AEW. Well, I gotta say, your enthusiasm for a good drink caused a tad of concern in the office, so we ordered a toxicology report to make sure you were on the right side of legality as it comes to your AEW contract. And unfortunately, and I'm really sorry to say this, but we got the results back this afternoon. You're pregnant. Congratulations! It's a boy! (laughs) (laughs) You're pregnant as a boy right away, all in one. He's like, I didn't even notice! (laughs) Instant pregnancy. (laughs) To be fair though, despite the pregnancy, but that's a really good idea. Why has nobody else done that? That's it. That's it. That's why, that's why we're doing it. That's that's, it. That is so true. Tony Cairns. Tony Cairns obviously listening he's to He's taking notes. He's, like, he's, he's got his little notepad out. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, this is way better than listening to that Russo guy. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> that, 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 those three Russo videos last week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cody continues. He says, Adam, you were over the limit for your AEW world title defense on Sunday night against CM Punk. I won't bore you with the details, I'm sure we can share the full report with you, but your blood alcohol levels were far above what we would expect from a performer going into a match of extreme importance to this company. You've really let us down, Adam. We have a duty of care for our employees. It really is a shame to see our world champion of all people disrespect that duty of care. And so it brings me great pain to say that since you have gone against what is contractually expected of you, Adam Page, you are being served with a suspension until further notice. And the crowd boo violently. First he tries to fire CM Punk, now he's suspending Adam Page. What in the hell is going on with this guy? And Cody continues, As for what this means for the AEW World title, well, we can't have an inactive champion here, so as Executive Vice President of All Elite Wrestling, I, Cody Rhodes, officially state that Hangman Page has now been stripped of the World Championship effective immediately. Security, please take him away. And Hangman Page tries his darndest to break through the security to extract some form of revenge on Cody Rhodes, but there are simply too many of them. Cody stands there with a smug look on his face. As security pull Hangman from the ring, the AEW world title is left on the canvas of the ring. Cody walks over to the title, he picks it up, he slings it over his own shoulder and smiles. He gives a big Cheshire cat grin looking right into the hard camera as former champion Adam Page is taken away. The commentators speculate that something isn't right here. Adam Page enjoys the drink like a lot of people, but he's not the kind of man who would go into a world title match over the limit. There's more to this story for sure, but we'll have to wait and see how it all plays out. Dynamite rolls on without a world champion. Dynamite June 8th. Alright, so, a lot of shit has happened and we're only a couple of weeks into Cody's return. 
Via social media, it is confirmed that Adam Page's suspension is legitimate, as well as his stripping of the title. Apparently, the toxicology reports which Cody Rose provided were legitimate, as the tests were ran by a reputable company hired by Cody himself. We don't yet know the length of the suspension for Adam Page. With that in mind though, Tony Khan has blocked the firing of CM Punk, at least for now. There's still some, some things that need to be straightened out by lawyers, but it's promised that CM Punk will appear on Dynamite next week. In the meantime, Cody Rhodes is going to kick off Dynamite. He's going to walk down to the ring holding the AEW World title, which of course is not his, and he'll cut a promo. He'll apologise to the fans for what happened last week. Not an apology from him, Cody Rhodes, of course. Certainly not. He's apologising on behalf of Adam Page for letting down the fans, for not preaching the right message as champion, for not being able to handle the pressure of being a champion without dumping a whole load of toxins into his body. Cody basically completely runs down Hangman Page in his absence, which the crowd obviously are hating. Especially since Cody is doing it with a shit-eating grin and the AEW world title hanging over his shoulder. But, he gets interrupted. Not by Hangman Page, not by CM Punk, but by the Dark Order. A group very closely related to Hangman Page and AEW lore. We covered this a lot in the Tommy End episode a couple of seasons back, but yeah, Hangman Page is a friend of the Dark Order. And this is what Evil Uno of the Dark Order says to Cody Rhodes in the ring. They know that something suspicious is going on with Cody Rhodes and those toxicology reports, but they can't do anything about it. What they can do is give Cody Rhodes a little bit of a receipt in Hangman Page's absence. And Cody's all like, whoa, whoa, fellas, there are six of you and only one of me. This isn't fair. And Evil Uno agrees. That's why he's spoken to Tony Khan and arranged tonight's main event, Cody Rhodes versus John Silver of the Dark Order. Cody smirks, Johnny Silver does Johnny Hungy things, and the segment ends. So we get to the main event, it's Cody Rhodes versus John Silver, but as Cody makes his way down to the ring, he does so with the AEW world title around his waist now. Let me remind you that Cody has not won this belt. Cody cannot win this belt, yet here he is, proudly displaying an object of prestige which does not belong to him. That's not all either. Cody Rhodes comes out with a few friends. Accompanying Cody to the ring are the Factory. Dylan, are you aware of the Factory? I'm aware of a Factory. Uh, it's, it's not the Factory we're thinking of, I don't think. Oh, the Box Factory? It's not the Box Factory. <laughs> then I'm all out of ideas. <laughs> the Factory are a faction in AEW. Um... A quick bit about them, they're made up of trainees from, from the Nightmare Factory gym, uh, e.g. the wrestling school ran by Cody Rhodes and his brother Dustin. Uh, QT Marshall, the quote leader of the factory, also coaches in the school. And in this faction we have Anthony Agogo, the famous boxer. We have Nick Camarotto, uh, a, a huge fucking mountain of a man with a hell of a look. He looks like a freaking caveman. And it's awesome. Uh, and we also have Aaron Solo, a guy with tons of potential who's still developing. Cody has a bit of history with the factory. He was actually in a storyline with them a year or so ago when they were fighting against him. But now it seems as though they've reconvened. And as Cody Rhodes removes the AEW title from his person, QT Marshall, Agogo, Comoroto and Solo take possession of it, looking after it just in case anyone tries to steal it away from them. Just realised that all their, all their names end with O. 
or, or the oh, the O sound. Ogogo Comorato Solo. Hey. Marshall. There you go. Oh. Marshall. <laughs> Marshallo. <laughs> Marshallo sounds way better. QT Marshmallow. Yeah. That's way better. Uh, <laughs> Phone him up. Tell him we got a good idea for him. That's it. That's it. I'll give him a shout after this. Uh, Cody versus John Silver happens. And unfortunately for Silver in the Dark Order, Cody wins this one. He beats Silver in around 15 minutes and then leaves the ring, once again donning the AEW world title around his waist. Dynamite ends there. Dynamite June 15th. It is announced via Twitter that CM Punk has been rehired by Tony Khan. The initial firing was not lawful. It was done on a complete whim without reason and the fans completely supported the return of CM Punk to the active roster. As Dynamite starts, Excalibur explains that as an apology to Mr. Punk, he will receive our number one contendership match. If he wins, he will be put in a match for the AEW world title, which is of course currently vacant. The full match itself is not announced, but suddenly, cult of personality hits through the PA system and out comes CM Punk to loud cheers from the crowd. CM Punk addresses the firing. He claims that at double or nothing, he saw that some horrible shit was going to go down, so he intervened. Simple as that. Cody Rhodes should really be thanking Punk for kicking him in the head, because if Cody had left as AEW World Champion that night as he intended to, he will have had much bigger worries coming his way, most likely inside a courtroom. Punk says... He doesn't know what bullshit Cody Rose was trying to pull at Double or Nothing, but it's bullshit that AEW does not put up with. Cody may have helped create AEW, but he does not own AEW. Even Tony Khan does not truly own AEW. The fans do. Without the fans, there was no AEW, and at Double or Nothing, Cody was trying to screw the fans. He was trying to screw every fan who got invested into Cody's match against Chris Jericho at Full Gear 2019. Punk states that AEW have never gone back in a stipulation and they never will. So Cody comes out wearing the AEW world title. He congratulates Punk on retaining his job as an active wrestler. He intentionally ignores everything that Punk has just said about stipulations and focuses on the match later tonight where CM Punk has a number one contendership opportunity against somebody. And Cody says he knows who that someone is. He knows because he booked the match. So Cody Rhodes says that he sees no reason to keep these people waiting. Cody Rhodes announces who CM Punk has to beat tonight to earn a shot at the AEW World title. It is... Kikash. Marshall. Oh. <laughs> I should have said Kikash. It's not Kikash, unfortunately. He's still tried to tie to the train tracks. <laughs> Someone's got to save him. Kid Cash. The train's coming get, soon. Get in there. <laughs> He's going to be facing QT Marshall. Marshmallow. And QT Marshmallow. And Nick Camarato. And Aaron Solo. And Anthony Agogo. In fact, Punk will be facing the entire factory tonight in a gauntlet match. Four matches, one after the other, with Punk having to win all of them to be considered number one contender. Tony can't ask Cody to book CM Punk in a one-on-one match, but he didn't say how many one-on-one matches. This will happen tonight, so Cody advises that Punk better go and prepare himself. The segment ends. Later in the night, the gauntlet match takes place. CM Punk will have to survive all four members of the factory, one after the other. First out is Aaron Solo. CM Punk defeats him in five minutes, easy. Second out is QT Marshmallow. CM Punk defeats him in 10 minutes, but at the end, you can tell that Punk is starting to tire a bit. 
the third fresh man comes out, big Nick Camarotto, and this is the heat portion of the gauntlet match, as Camarotto just beats on Punk and beats on Punk. Eventually though, Punk is able to score a quick surprise roll-up victory on Camarotto, leading to the entry of the fourth man, the very dangerous Anthony Agogo. So Agogo beats the crap out of Punk too, but Punk gets a comeback in. He's hitting his comeback sequence as Cody Rhodes starts walking down to the ring with a steel chair in hand. Cody Rhodes gets onto the apron as a very timely cutie Marshall, Marshmallow, distracts the referee. He throws the chair into the ring towards Anthony Agogo, but then suddenly out comes Dustin Rhodes, of all people, Cody's brother. Dustin pulls Cody down from the apron and starts shouting at him, pointing an angry finger in his face, essentially telling him off for being a dick and trying to sway the match with cheating. This momentarily distracts Anthony Agogo, which gives Punk the perfect opportunity to turn Agogo around, hit him with a DDT onto the chair, push the chair out of the ring and pin Anthony Agogo 1-2-3. Punk has survived the gauntlet. CM Punk is the number one contender. The factory stormed the ring as CM Punk exits via the crowd, celebrating with his people. Dynamite ends with Cody Rhodes shouting at Punk, holding the world title, saying, you'll never get your hands on this, never. Next week, Dynamite, June 22nd. It is announced that CM Punk's match for the AEW world title will take place next week at FighterFest. Uh, now, quick note, uh, in real life, AEW hasn't actually announced Fighter Fest yet, but um, it's traditionally taken place around the June-July time of year, so I'm making an educated guess here, basically. Um, but that's next week. This week, Cody Rhodes is going to come out donning the AEW title as per, and he's going to call out his brother Dustin. The legendary Dustin Rhodes, much loved, much respected, but, ten but potentially in the bad books with Cody after his interference last week, which led to a CM Punk victory. Cody calls out Dustin, Dustin comes out, scoffing at Cody wearing the AEW world title around his waist. Dustin reminds Cody that he is not the AEW world champion, which Cody ignores and, and goes on to talk about how Dustin got involved in the match last week. Cody lets Dustin in on something that he's just heard backstage. Apparently CM Punk will be going one-on-one -on -one with somebody for the AEW world championship at FighterFest. And well, apparently that somebody is going to be Dustin Rhodes. Dustin's face lights up. He is getting a world title shot. His career record is, is an impressive 33 and 15 as we record this. So maybe this is him finally getting his due. Finally getting a shot at a world title all these years into his career. But Cody says apparently, because apparently depends on Dustin making it to Fighter Fest in one piece. And at that moment, the factory sliver into the ring. Big Nick Camarotto stands behind Dustin and pulls his arms behind his back as Anthony Agogo starts laying in lefts and rights to the body and face of the defenceless Dustin Rhodes. Cutie Marshall and Aaron Solo shout encouragement at Agogo and Camarotto as Cody Rhodes leans back into one of the corners of the ring, casually observing the beatdown with one hand on his AEW World Championship. When Ogogo is finished, poor Dustin is a bloody mess. He's busted open and dripping blood everywhere, but Camarotto doesn't let him go. No, he points Dustin to faith, Cody. Cody shouts at Dustin, traitor, and then runs across the ring to crack Dustin with the hard side of the world title. Dustin's blood is now in the championship, and finally, out comes some help. CM Punk starts running down to the ring, steel chair in hand, and he immediately starts swinging. 
He smacks Aaron Solo with the chair as QT Marshall, Komarotto and Ogogo exit. Cody frantically picks up the championship which isn't his and then exits too. Punk then tends to Dustin Rhodes in the middle of the ring as medical personnel come out to check on him. With Cody on the ramp and the factory carrying their fallen comrade Aaron Solo backstage, CM Punk grabs a microphone. He points words like daggers in the, in the direction of Cody Rhodes who clutches the AEW world title closely to his chest. Punk says, You know, I'd have been out here a whole lot quicker if somebody didn't barricade the goddamn men's locker room. Luckily, the person who barricaded it was too dumb to realise that Luchasaurus was inside the room at the same time, so he made quick work of that. With that in mind, Mr. EVP, the owners of this building ain't going to be too happy about what just happened to their door. I am completely sick of you, Cody Rhodes. I'm sick of you, and I'm sickened by you. Now, I don't know what poor Dustin's chances are here of taking me on at Fighter Fest after you and your goons got to him, but if he can't compete, then I guarantee right now that he will get the first shot when I win next week. And Cody fires back. Trust me, he ain't making it to next week. So you aren't going to be facing Dustin Rhodes for the world title. You're going to be facing Cody Rhodes. Ooh. Punk smiles. That works for him. He says, so... I get to take on the fake champion for his title. That sounds great. I get to kick your ass and become AW World Champion while doing it. See you next week, boss. Dynamite ends there with the match set for Fighter Fest. Cody Rhodes versus CM Punk. If CM Punk wins, he becomes the official AEW World Champion. If Cody wins, nobody really knows. I guess we'll have to find out. Dynamite, June 29th. It's the Fighter Fest special. So we get to Fighter Fest. Fighter Fest is one of those um, you know, TV pay-per-views that AEW does, like Bash at the Beach or Fight for the Fallen. It basically replaces Dynamite one week, but is advertised as like a pay-per-view level show, and it usually is. Uh, anyway, the main event is CM Punk versus Cody Rhodes, and an announcement comes out from Tony Khan via Tony Schiavone right before the match that if Cody wins, he will not become the AEW World Champion. It's cited that Cody dug his own grave in that regard, and he did. However, he will be allowed to compete in the match and act as a challenge for CM Punk's opportunity at the world title. The match starts, and again, we can't go move for move here, but the ending sequence is dodgy. We're going to have Aaron Solo, the man who CM Punk hit with a chair last week, hiding under the ring for the majority of the match. When the time is right, QT Marshmallow is going to distract the ref as Cody throws Punk headfirst into the turnbuckles. That will be Solo's time to strike. Solo cracks Punk over the head with a chair. Punk falls into a crossroads from, from Cody and Cody pins him. One, two, three. Cody's won the match, but not the championship. He doesn't care though. He grabs the mic and announces himself as world champion, putting a foot on the chest of CM Punk, who is still knocked out from the solo sheer shot. With Cody Rhodes announcing himself as world champion, who is he really trying to convince here, the audience or himself? Either way, AEW still does not have an official world champion after Hangman Adam Page was stripped to the belt four weeks ago. Let's see what happens next. Dynamite July 6th, 2022. Cult of personality hits right at the start of the show. CM Punk lays down a challenge to Cody Rhodes, citing that he was screwed in that match by Aaron Solo's chair shot. 
He notes that he accepts Hangman beat him fair and square last month, but Cody resorted to weak tactics, which tells you the clear difference between those two men. CM Punk wants another shot. He wants another shot two nights. And he awaits a response, and then he gets one. As Rainmaker hits over the PA system and outwalks Kazuchika Okada, the IWGP World Heavyweight Champion, and I'll just be honest and hold my hands up right now. This is me just being a big fucking wrestling nerd. Um, I needed to take CM Punk out of the story for now, and as it happens, the AEW New Japan uh, event, Forbidden Door, is going to be a few weeks away, so, like, why not just have Punk versus Okada on the card? Dream match, right? Dream, dream match, exactly. It might might actually happen as well. So, uh, if you're listening to this after Forbidden Door happens on July 26th, I think it is, um, let us know. Let us know if I was correct. I like how we're, we're making a, a lot of bets about what's going to happen in the next couple of months, right? In the future, yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. What, 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 me, book what the if, What if, like, none of the shit we predict, like, ever comes true at all? Yeah, the exact opposite happens. Yeah. We stop predicting shit. Like, like they just like no Tony Khan hears it like you know what out of spite I'm just gonna do something different I'm like ah oh, she did on. the absolute yeah. opposite yeah exactly well but my second prediction for the event was gonna be um, Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Stevie Richards so uh, <laughs> maybe, maybe I should say that won't happen and then it will Tony Khan will book it is that is that how that works I think so boy I would watch that match yeah boy I, I sure hope. Hiroshi Tanahashi doesn't lose in five seconds to Stevie Richards uh, at Forbidden Door. That would be a terrible that, that would, thing to watch. Would, don't don't do that, Tony Khan. Boy, that would suck. Yeah, yeah. I advise you against that. Um, anyway, a man can dream. But anyway, so that's uh, that's CM Punk's next few weeks sorted. So he'll be taking on Akada, possibly for the IWGP Heavyweight Title. So his focus has shifted from Cody Rhodes for now. And the show carries on, and later in the night, out comes the self-proclaimed AEW World Champion Cody Rhodes. Cody's once again dressed in his swab suit. He wears a title around his waist. And of course, as he walks down the ramp to the ring, thunderous booze. Cody gets into the ring and he has a microphone. He cuts a promo, not on CM Punk, not on Hangman Page, but on Tony Khan of all people. He's talking about not being acknowledged as the rightful champion, even though he is the closest thing that All Elite Wrestling has to a champion right now. He says, Tony, you can acknowledge me. Don't acknowledge me. Whatever you want. I really, really don't care. But until you find somebody who can beat me for this championship and pry it out of my cold, dead hands, it ain't going anywhere. And then music hits, interrupting Cody Rhodes. And it's the Rainmaker. No, okay, it's uh, not really. It's um, Kid Cash. It's Kid Cash. <laughs> the Rainmaker Kid Cash. Every time. <laughs> Do you remember Kid Cash's entrance music? E- uh, sure. Yeah, nobody does. <laughs> it wasn't it Metallica. I'm pretty sure it was Andre Sandman. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, he came out with the cane. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, somebody, yeah. somebody had Andre Sandman. I'm pretty Drinking sure. Drinking a lot of so. beer. Yeah, that was yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good the cash. Kid, the kid cash man. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm. He had a stick of some kind. Yeah, that's it. A little cane. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. I think that was him. Yeah. Uh, I remember. Yeah. Kid, don't tell me about Kid Cash. I remember all about him. We reboot Kid Cash in like season two. Yeah. Yeah. It was really good. It was really good. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, we gave him a different name, as I recall. I think we called really him the. Was it the Desert Man? Was it or something? I don't remember um, what we called him. But... Something like that. Yeah. Sah- Sahara Man. Something. Like yeah. That. Just go back and listen yeah. to all of season two. You'll find it. You'll figure out which. You, one you'll it see is. which one it is. Yeah. Um, we call him a nickname. What his friends call him. Um, but yeah. Um, 
So it's not the Rainmaker. Um, it is it's not Kid Cash either. It is the music of a returning Dustin Rhodes. The brother of Cody Rhodes, the man who Cody had his factory attack a fortnight ago. Dustin sports a nasty scar on his head from the assault, but he does not resort to violence. He gets in the ring and cuts a promo on his younger sibling, saying as much that he doesn't want things to get physical tonight. He is awfully focused on one thing though. He says, Little brother, you screwed me out of a shot at the world title. And I don't care about that whole blood is thicker than water shit. Not anymore, because you and I know that gold is thicker than both put together. And maybe now I'm something of an expert on that, considering that gold made my blood pour out of my head a couple of weeks ago. I don't know what's changed in you, little brother, but all of a sudden, you seem to have a lot of vendettas and a whole lot of insecurity. You're blaming other people for your own mistakes. You've become deluded. And since our daddy ain't here to wake you up to the man you've become lately, I guess that falls on me. I've spoken with one of the people you seem to have some kind of vendetta against, Tony Khan, and he's booked me a little match. Next week, it'll be Dustin Rhodes versus Cody Rhodes, and if I win... I'll officially be the first Rhodes to become AEW World Champion. There we go. We've got a match to look forward to next week. Dustin Rhodes versus Cody Rhodes. Brother versus brother. Bro v bro. Bro. Uh, I'm sure many of us here are aware that their first match at the Double or Nothing pay-per-view was fucking incredible. So, you know, with the hype for that alone, I reckon a lot of people will be looking forward to this next week. Let's go there, so, in fact. Is this on... On Dynamite? This is going to be on Dynamite next week, yeah. You wouldn't put that for a pay-per-view? Although, I uh, guess, like, space or pay-per-views are, I guess. That's they? it, yeah. So, they have, like, four pay-per-views a year, yeah. yeah. So, they got to have... They have big Dynamites, basically. Um, you know, mm. so they've had plenty of uh, world title matches on, on TV shows. They just had um, Adam Page versus Adam Cole and Rampage, uh, Texas Deathmatch. So, so yeah, they do that anyway. So, it's not WWE where you get a pay-per-view every fucking two weeks. <laughs> hey don't bad mark the wrestlemania backlash <laughs> there, there was no zombies this year it'll be disgusting oh, what a shame there, what there a was no zombies shame. or lumberjacks oh boy really really ruined the whole thing for me all they have is wrestling on it it's ridiculous it's ridiculous it really is um, not not a fan not a fan <laughs> dynamite june 13th it's time for the match we were just discussing because cozy wrote so Cody Rhodes versus Dustin Rhodes. If Dustin Rhodes wins, he becomes AEW World Champion. It's the main event of the show, and they're going to have a good 20 minutes-ish match. We've seen quite recently on Dynamite that Dustin Rhodes, despite being 53, can still go in one-on-one matches. He's had um, matches this year against both Brian Danielson and CM Punk. The dude still has the magic, so this match should be great. However, in the end, Cody is going to get the clean victory. He's a major heel, so we need to show that he's not really a weakling. You know, he can get the job done and is one of the most formidable people on the roster. Of course, as the match ends, Cody holds the AEW title high above his head. With the beast Nick, Nick Comoroto standing next to him, ring announcer Justin Roberts is forced to announce Cody Rhodes as world champion. However, the night isn't over because Cody Rhodes isn't done. In the scene which we've become used to over the last while, the factory enter the ring. They stand over a beaten Dustin Rose and, as predicted, start the assault. Poor Dustin gets his second mass beatdown in just a couple of weeks. 
Just like last time, Nick Camarotto holds Dustin up as Cody readies himself in the corner. Cody is about to strike Dustin with the heavyweight title when the crowd inexplicably start to cheer. Cody and the factory look towards the top of the entrance ramp, stunned as the cameras switch and we see Tony Khan walking out surrounded by the majority of the All Elite Wrestling roster. I'm talking 30, 40, 50 guys and gals, all with their eyes set on Cody Rhodes, the self-proclaimed world champion. It's like 100, 200 it's like, people. It's easily like 100, Jay, right? <laughs> you, you count the guys on dark as well, yeah. But um, let's say 50 for now. Okay, um, yeah, that's easy to film. Yeah, that's it, yeah. Can't film 100 people. Um, so, yeah, there's going to be notable emissions, obviously, like MGF and Jericho, for example, top heels who just wouldn't make sense to be a part of this, but there are huge names, like the Hardys there, there's Darby Allen and Sting and their quad bikes, Eddie Kingston, Ruby Soho, Jurassic Express, Hikaru Shida, Pentagon, etc, etc, etc. They're all there, and it looks like they're all raging against Cody Rhodes and the factory. All Tony Khan has to do is point as the AEW roster advance upon the ring, ready to stop the assault on Dustin Rhodes. Of course, Cody and the Factory know better than to just let this happen. They stop their beatdown and exit the ring, running through the crowd away from the Keith Lees, the John Moxleys and the Dante Martins of the world. It's quite a sight. One that would probably stick in your memory, right? I mean, this basically sends a message that the whole of AEW is tired of Cody Rhodes' shit. You know, they've all joined together, most of them putting differences aside, to rebel against this guy who is making a mockery of the world title. And as Cody gets a thousand people or so deep into the crowd, we see that he's he's brought a microphone with him. He starts going insane. He's, He's psychotic as he screams into the mic with sheer frantic passion. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? I'm the reason you are all here. This company would not exist if it wasn't for me. I bled for you people. I jumped off cages for you people. God damn it, I lit myself on fire for you people. And this is how you treat me? This is the thanks I get? It's typical, and I ain't putting up with it anymore. You don't want me here? Fine. I prefer it that way anyway. I'm leaving, but I'm taking my belt with me. And as Tony Khan and the AEW roster look on, Cody finds a fire exit and leaves the building. True to his word, he has taken the AEW world title with him. Dynamite ends there. And so, on the July 20th edition of Dynamite, there is no Cody. There's not one sign of him in the building or on the screen. After all, he knows he is public enemy number one. Why risk somebody trying to steal the title from him? He's taken the week off, and it's probably wise to do so. That can't stop him being booked in matches, though. If he's booked in a match, he is contractually obligated to compete. So, with the joint AEW and New Japan pay-per-view Forbidden Door taking place next week, it is announced that Cody Rose has been added to the card. Joining CM Punk vs Kazuchika Okada and Hiroshi Tanahashi vs Steve Richards, Cody Rose is announced in a one-on-one match against Tomohiro Ishii. Fuck, I did it again. But there's a reason for this. It's not just because I love Ishii, and you know I love Ishii. That is only half of it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> this match sort of makes sense, right? And I'm going to I'm gonna tell you why. And it's because, <laughs> like, here's go. my presentation of why we have to shoehorn Ishii into the story. <laughs> 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 so... <laughs> 
Cody, right, Cody Rhodes is everything that Ishii isn't. Like, Cody is flashy and feels that he has to prove his fortune everywhere he goes. Ishii, Ishii could not be further from that. Cody Rhodes is a sports entertainer style wrestler and he's got the height, the look and the physique to complete it. Ishii wrestles and looks completely different to what you'd expect a sports entertainer to look like and that is no criticism. Um, Ishii's style and look work for him. But crucially, if you've ever seen a Tomohiro Ishii match, and you have done, it is Mm -hmm. really hard to not immediately root for the guy. He's got fighting spirit. He doesn't back down from any situation. He'll punch you in the face so hard that it'll break his hand, but that won't stop him. He'll just keep punching you with the same broken hand if it helps him win the match. That's what happened to me. That's it. He got punched repeatedly by Tomohiro Ishii, and it wouldn't stop. He's fucking tenacious, right? He broke his hand punching me in the face. And I gotta say, I thought that was very rude of him. Yeah. Well, you broke his hand. Well, we were just in the line at Subway, and he just started punching me. I'm like, come on, dude. Well, shouldn't you apologize to him for breaking his hand? I was for, I was ahead of him. He could yeah. he can't cut in line, man. He's got to learn. But anyway, apart from skipping the line, he's he's a tenacious kind of guy. You know, he's 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 oddly endearing in a way that you feel sympathetic towards him, and he's just bad fucking ass. Like Tomohiro Ishii is the perfect guy to take on Cody Rhodes at Forbidden Door. End rant. P.S. If you haven't checked out any Shiti match before, uh, I would start at his G1 Clash versus John Moxley. Um, that's what converted me to. Where Ishii. can people find that match? Did we actually uh, did we put that whole match up on Patreon or did we just put we, the... we we did yeah with the whole match is there I think. Um, ah, per- well then check out our Patreon audio, page. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Another plug out of nowhere. <laughs> how, how did that happen? What a what a mistake that was. What a great match, though. What a great match. It was very good. Um, you guys should actually watch it. Yeah, oh, that's really good. Uh, but anyway, that's that's that. So we're going to end up at F- F- Forbidden Door 2022. And after Stevie Richards beats Tanahashi in, a, in five seconds flat, it's time for a semi-main event, which is Cody Rhodes, the self-proclaimed AEW World Champion, versus the stone pit bull Tomohiro Ishii. I mean, I feel like Stevie Richards should have been the de facto main event, but I'll, I'll let it slide because it's not about Stevie Richards, so... That's it. It's not for the title. If it was for the title, Stevie Richards would be main event, right? That's how it was. It was for the title of who is Stevie Richards. And, <laughs> and Stevie Richards won. Stevie Richards won. Thank God. Boy, that could have been dangerous. That's why it only took five seconds. Yeah. <laughs> the referee was like, uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi, is your name Stevie Richards? And Tanahashi's like, no. And then, okay, well, that's my nice Stevie Richards. Then. That's yeah. it. I guess, I guess our winner is Stevie Richards. That's how good Stevie Richards yeah. is. He doesn't even have to fight the match to win it. That's it. He's that good. He's that damn good. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, of course, Cody Rose is going to win the match, but... Trust me, a win over Ishii does not come easy. Cody Rhodes will have to damn near kill this guy to get the victory. But eventually, he hits the third crossroads of the match and Ishii is kept down for the 1-2-3. The factory enter the ring, ready to beat down the man who dares to give Cody a hard battle. But they are stopped instantly when the entrance music of Hangman Adam Page plays through the PA system. Hangman Page, who was stripped of the AEW world title 58 days ago. Hangman Page, who has been suspended ever since. Hangman Page, who in recent tweets has made it clear that the toxicology reports are not exactly what they seem. But most importantly, this is Hangman Adam Page and he has one hell of a grudge against the American Nightmare Cody Rhodes. Hangman gets himself onto the apron, bang! 
buckshot Larry to QT Marshmallow. As Cody Rhodes and the factory escape again, they're returning. Hangman pays, tends to the fallen Tomohiro Ishii. The crowd chant Hangman's name. They are very happy that he is back. More so that he has returned to confront Cody Rhodes, AEW's most hated heel of the last two months. And we end the show there. Or we end the segment there. Not the show. Still got the main event. Steve Richards. Again. Yeah, <laughs> he's, he's, been, he's, been, again. he's included I, he's, into the... It's a triple threat now, baby. <laughs> he just loves wrestling that much, you know? Mm. He just he did it for the people. Uh, for the people, yeah. For the, for the crowd. Well, see Steve Richards, exactly. Um, on the Wednesday, July 27th edition of AEW Dynamite, Hangman Adam Page finally returns. And boy, does he have big news. But first, we kick off the show in the parking lot where we see Cody's bus, the Nightmare Express. It's parked out there, but as the camera zooms in, we actually see Cody Rhodes himself through one of the windows. He's just chilling in his bus. He's just a normal man. He's just an innocent man. He's just, just, just an innocent man. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, of course, the AEW world title is slung over his shoulder. Anyway, Hangman's music hits, and he comes out to the crowd who are going fucking crazy for him. He starts his promo by saying that he knows Cody isn't technically in the arena tonight, but he also knows that there is a live feed of Dynamite in that bus of his, so he is hearing every one of the Hangman's words. Hangman explains that he resents Cody for suspending him. He claims that he was not drinking on the evening of his title defence against Punk, nor was he the day prior, and now, now Hangman has proof. Remember the big news I said Adam Page would have? Well, he drops it now. Hangman Page has proof that the toxicology reports were doctored. Because yes, Page did do the whole pee in a cup thing for the random test, but the results given to AW officials were not his. Hangman hired a private investigator who discovered that Cody Rose paid somebody at the biotech company to turn a blind eye to Hangman Page's actual results and then submit a completely different document just with Hangman's name on them instead. A villain. Absolute villain. And Hangman is not a villain, so he doesn't hold anything against AW for this happening. He saw the toxicology report himself, and it was very convincing. However, he holds everything against Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes set the wheels in motion for the suspension. Cody Rhodes stripped the Hangman of the AW world title. Cody Rhodes meticulously planned all of this. And now that son of the bitch is sitting in his nice plush bus with a belt that doesn't belong to him. Hangman has seen what Cody has been doing, and he's here to stop it. He promises, nay, he guarantees that he's going to take that belt from Cody Rhodes, or he's going to die trying. Later in the show, we get a tag team match. Hangman pays teams with Tomohiro Ishii to defeat QT Marshmallow and Aaron Solo of the factory, Cody's faction. This keeps the momentum going for the, hang- the feud for Hangman, and gets our boy Ishii a win on Dynamite. You love to see it. <laughs> Shoehorn. Uh, meanwhile, there is no Cody Rhodes um, for the whole show. You know, we know that he's in his bus, but he's clearly just refusing to make an appearance. That's dynamite for this week. Let's move on to next. <laughs> Get to the halfway point now, fellas. <laughs> yeah, we are getting towards the end. Actually, that's been a long story. I know we're getting, we're getting to the home straight here. <laughs> the kid cash, but the train tracks. Yes, uh, finally, I've been waiting. <laughs> Alright, Dynamite, Wednesday, August 3rd, 2022. Cody Rhodes 
still in his bus. Once again from the parking lot, we can see him through the windows of his massive tour bus. Is he once again not planning on walking into the arena tonight? It's almost as if he thinks of himself above being in the same arena as everyone else, especially after the mutiny that took place a couple of weeks ago. Tonight, we have a match scheduled between Hangman Page and Anthony Ogogo of The Factory. And for context, Ogogo is probably the most pushed member of The Factory on AEW TV. Um, he's a legit bronze medalist in the amateur boxing, which he won at the 2012 Olympics, and he's been pushed kind of strongly in squash matches on Dynamite and Dark. Anyway, Tonight we get a rare glimpse into the bus itself. We see Cody Rhodes speaking with Anthony Ogogo, but we do not hear any sound. Cody hands Ogogo something. It looks like a boxing glove. With with the camera zoomed in, though, it's kind of hard to tell. I guess we'll find out later. Hangman vs Ogogo is the main event, and during the match, Hangman's going to be distracted by QT Marshmallow at ringside. This allows Nick Camarotto to search under the ring where he pulls out a boxing glove. He tosses it to a gogo, but it's clearly heavier than a regular boxing glove. It's a weighted glove. Highman turns around, a gogo goes to strike. That's not easy to say. A gogo goes. A gogo goes. A gogo goes. But Highman like ducks. speaking Welsh. Okay. <laughs> yes. It's not enough W's and Y's. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but Highman ducks the punch and Ogogo punches QT Marshmallow with the weighted glove. Ogogo turns around, gets hit with a dead eye and is pinned by Hangman Page. One, two, three. After the match, we see the official announcement on the screen at AEW All Out 2022. On the 4th of September, it's going to be Hangman Adam Page going for the AEW World title with Cody Rhodes standing in his way. Page versus Rhodes. Finally. Well, next week, Cody Rhodes is unhappy. He's trying not to show it, but he's clearly a little bit anxious about his match against Hangman Page at All Out. With that in mind, he's going to do everything he can to make sure Hangman Page doesn't make it to the pay-per-view. Fairly standard, simple storyline, but it does does the job for tonight. Cody Rhodes, using his EVP privileges, has organised an opponent for Adam Page tonight. In tonight's main event, Hangman Page will be going one-on-one with Satnam Singh, the 7'4 former basketball player brought to AEW by Jay Lethal and Sanjay Dutt. Hangman is going up against a literal giant, which is kind of a... A trope in wrestling at this stage, I guess. You know, send send the big guy to take out my worst enemy kind of thing, right? Um, But it works. Anyway, Hangman Page versus Satnam Singh happens. And though it is a struggle for Page, he does successfully manage to defeat Satnam Singh with a little bit of help from his buddies in the Dark Order. They'll be scrapping with Jay Lethal and Sanjay Dutt on the outside of the ring, which distracts the giant long enough to be hit with a buckshot lariat, with Hangman Page getting the victory once again and sending a big fuck you to Cody Rhodes. Now, the August 17th Dynamite is going to air from a very specific location. This is going to be Daly's Place, an amphitheatre in Jacksonville, Florida. Daly's Place is where AEW filmed the majority of their pandemic-era programming, The reason I had to show here is because there is direct access to the arena's parking lot from the ring. So during the pandemic era, there were often, you know, vehicle-based entrances such as FTR's debut or uh, Trent's mum driving him and his best friends to the ring. Um, Which you probably have to be a regular AW viewer to understand that one. But anyway, we're going to go comedy this week because over the last couple of months, week to week, it's been quite serious. You know, we need some comic relief before the audience get burned out so let's do that. I don't know if you do need that I'm just saying. (laughs) 
Really? <laughs> I don't know if you need it. <laughs> I think you. I think you do. I think you do. If you got just serious, serious, serious storylines going over and over and again, you need a break from that. Um, you need a, a week to rest. You know. And you'll see what I've got planned here anyway. So is this where Kid Cash comes in and rolls kids? So is he, we're, we're at the train tracks, right? <laughs> uh, <and laughs> He's like, dude, I've been waiting at the train tracks for fucking months. <laughs> <laughs> where have you guys been? They're like we've been doing a TV show. I'm like, fuck, dude, I had no idea. Oh, Kid Cash, classic Kid Cash, always hanging out at the train tracks. Um, so we're going to do a bit, bit, a tiny bit of comedy here to break things up. So first off. We're going to have Hangman Page in the ring to survey the chaos that's about to go down. So, on this show, from Dewey's place, all of a sudden, we can see Cody and the factory frantically exiting the tour bus. They're all holding their noses, gagging and trying to get as far away from the vehicle as possible. As the cameras get closer to the bus, we see a glimpse of the roof, where John Silver and Alex Reynolds are lobbing stink bombs into the bus via the sunroof. Cody Rhodes is angry, he starts walking towards the ring, appearing live in front of a crowd for the first time since Forbidden Door. He points at Hangman, furious, stating how fortunate he is that Cody was able to salvage the AEW world title from this stinky wreck. And then the cameras cut to Evil Uno in the driver's seat of the bus. He's wearing a gas mask over his wrestling mask. <laughs> I was going to say, over his, uh, a gas mask over his regular mask. He was the perfect guy to do it with. Uh, <laughs> to, to Cody Rhodes, abject despair. Evil Uno honks the horn of the multi-million dollar Nightmare Express and starts to drive it away. Cody falls to his knees and screams, My bus! As the vehicle fades away into the distance of Daily Place. That's the last we see of the storyline this week. So a little bit of light-hearted comedy for now. Just to get, get the story going kind of thing. And not just make it, Oh my god, this is so serious, someone's going to die. Um... Dynamite, August 24th, this week. We're going to get serious again. There's going to be a promo from Hangman Page about the AW World title, which Cody Rhodes has been flaunting on social media all week. Cody's been tweeting that though Hangman and the Dark Order may have ruined his bus, they still don't have what he claims is his championship. Well, Hangman comes to the ring and starts talking about the AW World title. He says, This title is more than just a prize to show you're the best at something. It's what serves as a beacon for people who were told that they weren't good enough because they didn't wrestle a certain style. It stands for the sacrifice, the blood, the sweat, the tears that go into making it to this level, the elite level. It stands for raging against the machine, not accepting the status quo and having the balls to offer an alternative. And what's funny is, these are the exact things you stood for when you helped kickstart this company, Cody Rhodes. But now look at what you've become. Through nobody's fault but your own, you are a shell of your former self, to the extent that I don't really believe your former self was your true self. After all, you were only selfless until it inconvenienced you. And after you you realised what you'd done, you slowly transformed into this ugly, selfish version of Cody Rhodes that we see today. That title doesn't belong to you. That title doesn't suit you. You no longer stand for any of the values that made All Elite Wrestling what it is today. And now that I am finally free of all the bullshit stopping me, I'm going to do what you dare people to do recently. I am going to pry that AEW World Championship from your cold, dead hands. Cody Rhodes then appears at the top of the ramp, but he's not here to talk. He just looks at the AEW Championship that he holds in his hands. 
He then looks at Paige and looks at the title. Page, title, page, title. There's a contemplative look upon his face and then it just walks away. The commentators speculate that the facial expression, you know, there's something sinister in Cody Rhodes' mind, but what it is exactly can be anyone's guess. Dynamite ends as we head towards next week's Go Home show for All Out. Dynamite, August 31st, 2022. The final Dynamite of today's fantasy booking, and boy, has it been a long one, but I just had so much fucking story to cram in today. Um, said to you already, Dylan, but when I started writing, I just kept writing and writing. But anyway, um, here's how we camped this feud off. One more interesting little twist to the story. We're going to have Hangman in one more match, a tune-up match for All Out on Sunday night. We're going to put him in the ring with Nick Comarotto of the Factory, the final member he's not taken on in a match since his return. Comarotto is an extremely tough test for Hangman since he is a beast. I mean, again, seriously, look this guy up. He has a fantastic look for pro wrestling. Uh, anyway, it'll be a hard-fought match, but obviously Hangman is going to get the victory here. And as he hits the buckshot Larry and pins Comarotto, his entrance music hits, and then we get a video on the Titantron. There is a cameraman in the parking lot of tonight's arena, and he is pointing his camera at Cody Rhodes, who has his bus back. Hooray! Hey. Cody looks down at the camera from the driver's seat of his tour bus, which has evidently, evidently been found after Dark Order's hijacking. Presumably, it has also gone through a deep clean after the, the stink bombs that were lobbed into it. Cody, however, doesn't look like the smug champion he has been over the last couple of months. No, he looks maniacal. And strangely, we don't even see the AEW world title. It's not even on his person that we can see, at least. Of course, he's in the driver's seat of the tour bus, but you presume that he'd keep it on his shoulder to show everyone he's the champ, in case he forgot. But no, no sign of the title. Cody shouts his mention for Hangman Page to the cameraman. He says, Hangman, you are such a material man. You care so much about the AEW world title, which is mine. That's right, mine. I don't care what Tony Khan says, I don't care what the fans think. I, and I alone, have defended that championship and kept it out of the reach of people who will sully the image of what I created it in. My image. I appreciate you felt wrong, Tan Man, but seriously, you hired a private investigator, you got your cronies to steal my bus, you're weakening yourself in matches week after week, and for what? The AEW world title? A lifeless piece of gold? You want this title so bad? Well, you've been playing games with me for weeks, so I hope to God you're good at jigsaws, Hangman, because this is going to be one hell of a challenge. And Cody Rhodes slams his foot on the accelerator and speeds the bus forward. It is at this stage the camera pans and we see the AEW world title on the concrete floor of the parking lot. Cody releases the handbrake and drives over the AEW title. He drives over it and reverses over it multiple times until it is reduced to nothing more than just a pile of misshapen chunks of gold. The world title has been destroyed by this spiteful, selfish, deranged Cody Rhodes. Excalibur, Shivani and Ross verbally crucify Cody Rhodes. They say his attitude is very, if I can't have this championship then nobody can. The non-champion shouts into the camera from his bus. What does the title stand for now, Hangman? I'll see you at All Out on Sunday, but let me tell you, that mess on the road ain't gonna be part of it. 
Cody drives off as Dynamite ends. The commentators angrily plug all out this Sunday as Hangman looks on, frustrated, vexed, furious, but with a look of solid determination in his mind. Was it really about the title, or was it about dispatching this clown named Cody Rhodes? I guess we'll have to go to All Out to find out. And hey, here we are. The culmination of today's fantasy booking, All Out 2022. And you know me, I like to leave things open at the end, offer a few possibilities, but for this one, I can only really think of one, and that's Hangman Victory. Um, This has been Cody Rhodes' fantasy booking, but I've told the story in a way where he simply must be pulled down from his throne. He's become an out-of-control tyrant who the entire AEW roster has rallied against, and having just destroyed their world title, there wouldn't be a person backstage who has any time for him. They're sick of him, the fans would be sick of him, so having Hanman win this match would be the ideal way to end things here. This is his redemption after being screwed over and stripped of the world title back in June. When the bell rings to end the match, most of the roster is going to join Hangman in the ring to celebrate as Tony Khan presents him with a new AEW World Championship belt. And my idea behind all this was maybe you give Hangman his own belt design to really propel him into superstardom, you know? Like, similar to how Stone Cold got the Smoke and Skull title, or Cena got the Spinny title. That's what know? I was going to say. I'm like, uh, yeah. Hangman gets a Spinny title. It spins, but yeah, it spins. It's got, like, a beer in it, so when it spins, it spins, and, like, it, he holds it above his head, so when he spins it around, so the beer, like, drips into his mouth. Oh, uh, that's pretty clever, actually, yeah. yeah. I like that, yeah. Let, 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 let's make that um, part, part of the lore. Let's do it. He's got this spinny beer belt. Thank you. But it's, yeah, it's a feel-good moment to end one of AEW's biggest shows, and what more can you ask for than that? Going forward, there's a few things you can do with Cody. Uh, obviously, he has unfinished business with CM Punk, so that's the first thing, but I'm imagining if I book Cody, he gets, you know, in storyline stripped of his EVP position uh, and basically has to work from the bottom to regain it. Um, he'll try and get in Tony Khan's good side again, acting like a baby face when he is clearly a heel. That is until he is stopped by the next rising star in AEW. Who could that be? If you're listening to this, let us know. Tell us where you think Cody should go next. But until then, that has been my fantasy booking of Cody Rhodes' AEW heel turn. What do you think? Well, you've certainly turned him into a heel. He's a big fucking bastard. He's a bastard, big bastard, he? yeah. Big bastard. To, to your point at the end, like that's what I would do with Cody Rhodes going forward is Make have him, him like, well, have him like kind of begging for forgiveness for all the people that he screwed over, but he's very clearly like going to fuck him over again, you know? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So he's still a heel, like keep that going. So he, he's trying to gain people's trust and stuff like that, but he's still like the, he's going to turn on them again eventually. So that's what I would do with that. Um, I think you've built Cody up as like a legit kind of big monster heel. I think you've got a really good storyline that involves the championship, right? Because AEW haven't done like a vacancy kind of angle before with their heavyweight championship. So that's like a first that's interesting. I think it puts a lot of shine on Hangman Page. Which is a really good thing. Like it, it, it I, I think AEW uh, fans, they, they want to get behind Adam Page. They really like him. Uh, but I personally haven't seen a whole lot of like storylines that have happened with him as a champion. And I'd like to see more of that. And with this, you've got like a really good storyline that that you know puts sympathy on Page and puts you know heel heat on Cody. So I think that works really because you know you like we all know what the outcome is going to be. Hangman's going to be Cody. That has to be the way it goes. 
but yeah. you've done it in a way where it all makes sense and it's taken a couple of months and you slow build but it makes Hangman at the end of it look great and Cody comes out of it still looking like a monster heel. So all that shit like totally makes sense. You know what I mean? That's it, man. It's, it's like, yeah, it's Cody Rhodes booking, but at the end of every great heel run, there's a comeuppance, right? There's exactly. Something like that. And like, you, you see it with MGF currently in AW as well. Like Wardlow's eventually going to get his, um, you know, get his revenge in MGF and like, just like this one as well. And um, I do agree that like, Hangman Page hasn't been booked great as a champion so far. I mean, there's not been that many. He's had good matches, but there's been no Very stories. good matches, yeah. Exactly, right. That's, I think we can both agree on that is that he's had some really good matches and he as a champion he's put on good matches but you're like he, he needs that kind of like story like if he gets a good storyline to sink his teeth into then people are going to go that's a great champion you know yeah, now we're behind exactly. him and I think that this is the kind of thing that he needs especially with a guy like Cody Rhodes who can who can you know fill that role and pick up the slack there I think that kind of works so I like using CM Punk of course that makes sense and him, Cody Rhodes firing Punk or whatever, um, was good heel heat. Yep. You know what I mean? Him doing that piss test with Hangman Page and getting them suspended, good heel heat. Stuff like this, you know, pulling the strings as the EVP, that's good heel heat. Again, it's so such a simple thing, and you're like, why doesn't why didn't somebody do that more? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like whenever Kenny Omega was the champion, like they totally could have done something like that. Yeah, I don't, exactly. I don't think they touched on it, but like that would have totally made sense, and that would have would have had a, like a real reason as to why, you know, Tony Khan didn't want him as champion is because Omega pulled his own strings, example, you know. Um, but you've done it here, and I'm like, that's that's great, that's good stuff. I like you using. Obviously, you'd have to use Dustin Rhodes, but you've given us a legit reason to have like the rematch. You know, like you said, that first match that they had, Dustin Rhodes versus Cody Rhodes was pretty popular. Now you've given people like a, a good reason to see a rematch, not just because like, hey, let's do it again. You know, like yeah. now there's a fucking reason for it. Story behind it, yeah. Exactly. Building shit up, right? That's how, it, this is this this is what booking's about. And I think this is what people don't get. Like booking isn't just going, uh, Bill versus Carl, see you later. It's like, well, you have to build up reasons for the fights and you have to make it all make sense, right? And I think yeah. that you've done a lot of that in this storyline. So I, I did like that a lot, you know. Like I said, I think that the thing I like the most is putting the shine on Hangman Page, right? Because like you said, it's a Cody Rhodes heel turn, but the whole point of a heel is to have a, a good babyface beat the heel, yeah, right? exactly. And I think that's a good way to build up Hangman Page while making it seem like it's about Cody. Like that's clever stuff, you know? That's um, it as well. And like uh, I, I really enjoyed the challenge of this as well of doing the whole, you know, don't <laughs> don't just put the belt on him, um, right? You know, so, so, sorry, Cody Rhodes stands. You know, I, I wanted to book AW out of that corner kind of thing because I enjoy doing that. I enjoy finding the situation where you know how are we gonna uh, have Cody Rhodes go for, be a main event star without being champion, and that's how you do it. You know, I think yeah. you just uh, he was never champion, but in his own head, in his own belief, he was champion. You know, that kind of thing. He's getting so I don't know if neurotic is the right word, but um, so just focused on him being champion, he doesn't care what anyone else thinks. Uh, yeah, even though he's not officially champion, so that's how you get out of it. If they were to bring him back at some point, right? Exactly. Like he's not officially the champion, but he's representing himself as a champion. Yeah. He's taking it upon himself, and he's like, "Why are you booing me? I'm." I'm what you want. I'm a real fighting champion, you know. I'm better than the the part-time CM Punk who just came back out of nowhere. I'm better than this drunk, yeah. you know. I'm I'm yeah. I'm I'm what AEW represents. Like that's the shit I would like. 
obviously we can't go like week to week and do every single promo or whatever but like that's uh, in this storyline that's what i would focus on like cody rhodes being the self-righteous kind of like asshole like what are you booing me for i'm right you know because because that's i'd written that down as well because I, I that's what i would put the shine on a lot is is cody rhodes pulling that angle because you know that that used to, that, that was cm punk's old heel stuff you know yeah. when he would do the street edge stuff street edge. He, yep, yep, yep. technically he's right but the way he's saying it is you know really jerky and horrible exactly. so like that's that kind of stuff i think but again you've kind of mentioned that in the in the in the rebooking and everything so yeah good stuff man that's it man thank you i, I, I enjoyed writing that it's good uh it's good to be back. Good to be back for season six of Making Kayfabe. And uh, we've got a lot more great stories where that's coming from, folks. But first, before we wrap up the show, it's time to play a little game. Kayfabe Tumbola. Let's do a bit of Kayfabe Tumbola. It's the return of Kayfabe Tumbola. And not only Kayfabe Tumbola, but fan-submitted Kayfabe Tumbolas. If this is your first episode of Making Kayfabe, let me briefly explain what Kayfabe Timbola is. In Kayfabe Timbola, we have four random wrestlers, number one to four, and four random scenarios, lettered A to D. The co-host who did not write today's story will choose a number-letter combination, and then they'll have 60 seconds-ish to improvise the greatest wrestling storyline ever based on that wrestler and scenario. This week's Tombola is submitted by one of our patrons who goes under the name I Miss Going Outside. Big thanks to you, matey, for submitting this week's Tombola. We know you've uh, we know we've had your support for a long time, and you're the reason we have a that cool TV tropes page. And hey, yes. really appreciate it, man. So keep on rocking. Anyway, as it happens, I Miss Going Outside actually has an AEW themed Tombola uh, to go along for today's episode. So oh, my specialty. Your specialty, <laughs> your special subject, and it's all very well-known people in AEW as well. Oh. So, um, But <laughs> without further ado, Dylan, can you give me your most random number-letter combination? I think to start off Season 6, I'm going to have to go with my classic, the old 3D. Oh, the old Dudley choice. The Dudley Boys, the Dudley Boys special. All right, let's do this. So, do you want to know who you could have had? Why not? You could have had Dark Order's number 10. Okay. 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 You didn't get number 10. Thank fuck, because I don't know <laughs> nothing about that guy. <laughs> really? He's one of the best ones. Oh, they're all the best ones, He's right? like the 10th best one, yeah. Um, <laughs> Out of 12. <laughs> you didn't get him. You could have got Serpentico. Oh, <laughs> Okay. I told you it's very well well known. AEW yeah, <laughs> I actually seen um, a Serpentico match before. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's, he's he's a wrestler. He's just he, oh, he's, he's often he's on like te- dark. Technically, yeah. he is a wrestler. I did not he's, care he... for that match. Let me put it that way. Oh really? Yeah. Serpentico, really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh it was right, terrible. Yeah. Although to be fair, the person he was wrestling was Joey Janela. Oh, now right, that I okay. think about so it, it you're like, all right, yeah. You know, yeah. yeah okay, all right. That that does make sense. Yeah, fair <laughs> enough. You didn't get Serpentico. You could have got... Oh, I hope I got Joey Janela. <laughs> you didn't get... No one gets Joey Janela. Um, <laughs> you could have got Captain Sean Dean. Okay. okay. You didn't get him either. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I told you it's well known. Oh, no. He's, he's beat MGF twice on Dynamite. Oh. He has two victories over MGF. Technically. Um, technically, yeah. Uh, or is it one or two? One, one over MGF, one over Sean Spears, something like that. But anyway. Oh, uh, anybody who, could beat Sean Spears. Come on, man. Who you did get, you might know this one actually, who you did get was Kira Hogan. 
Okay. You know Kira Hogan? A little bit. I she think was she was a, in TNA. Impact for, yeah, yeah, Impact, Impact. for a I keep while, calling yeah. it T. It hasn't been TNA for years, and I keep calling it TNA. I think it's it's a, it's a yeah, it's habit, isn't it? I do it as well, um, from time to time. But yeah, she was in TNA for a, Impact for fucking hell. She See? Was in Impact for a while. <laughs> she is a uh, no relation to Hulk Hogan. That's uh, just her last name. And uh, yeah, she's great. She's signed with. Uh, I, I don't know if she's actually signed with AEW recently, but she's part of the um, the baddie section at the moment with uh, Jay Cargill. So. Um, that's something, but uh, you got <laughs> it's, anyway. it's something. <laughs> yeah, it's something. I don't know what it is, but it is something. Yep. Uh, so you got three D, right? The old Dudley choice. So oh yeah, yeah. Here's what here's situations you could have got. You could have got Kira Hogan comes under suspicion when their opponent starts spontaneously combusting in ring. Okay. You didn't get that. You could have got Kira Hogan no shows one night, which somehow causes chaos and the collapse of the company. <laughs> Oh, that would be good. You didn't get that. You could have got my favourite one, um, which you didn't get. You could have got this one. You could have got Kira Hogan experiences the bubble wrap incident. Oh, what is this? Oh, and I, how does it affect them? We can't, we can't curse the episode by talking about the bubble wrap incident. That's oh no, that's that's for a future. That's for a future rebooking the bubble wrap incident. Well, I don't even yeah. know if legally we're allowed to talk about the bubble wrap. Well, yeah, incident. we need we need to wait for the waivers to clear. And yeah, all this, but could I you mean, take a couple of weeks to clear that? You know, see, season nine maybe for the bubble wrap incident. We'll have to talk to our lawyers about that. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Our our our, our lawyers who specialize in bubble wrap esque. Yeah. Esque incidents, yeah, exactly, <laughs> and, and 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 the sort. There's more than you think. There's a, it happens several. a lot. Yeah, think of how much bubble wraps there is. Think of how much how many bubbles are in one fucking wrap of bubble wrap. That's like a lot of bubbles. Fifty. Yeah, like fucking millions. So, fifty yeah. um, <laughs> <laughs> millions. What's 50, the difference? Once you have fifty, you may as well have a million, right? Yeah, so, exactly. Um, but you didn't get that. Okay. What you got was Kira Hogan. Gets wrestling boots with a mind of their own that force them to kick all of their friends. Okay, so they kick Kira Hogan's friends. Yes, the boots. Yes, force her to kick her friends. It's okay. like it's kind of like the the wrong trousers, you know. Um, yes, Morrison Gromit. Yeah, <laughs> I wish you hadn't said that because that's what I was gonna do. And now you've given uh, the game away. I gotta come up with it. No, it's the wrong trousers. Now I gotta do uh, a close shave instead. Yeah, <laughs> oh, nice, nice. Nice. <laughs> good, good, good references there. <laughs> Forces Kira Hogan to kick all of her friends into a machine that cuts all their wool off. And they go to the moon and the moon's made of cheese. And, <laughs> the um... robot chases him on his skis. <laughs> Anybody in America who has not seen Wallace I was going to say, like, is, is that big in America? I don't even know. I don't it think so. Like... It's a very British thing, isn't it? Yeah, it's, extre- it's extremely British. Yeah, the guy's got a bloody Yorkshire accent, isn't he? Yeah, but that's what's so like quaint about it it's very it's a very sweet show yeah if you're legitimately interested in this just to step away from the show for a second but if you have seen uh wallace and gromit and you're in america or outside the uk even let us know because that's not the film quite interesting to me no the tv show yes yeah yeah we're talking about the original three like they were like half hour long kind of shorts yeah they play them every christmas and stop stop animation right yeah um yeah stop motion yeah stop motion animation that's the one um but anyway like we're, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Wallace and Gromit, that's for our, our other podcast, our Wallace and Gromit podcast. Oh, they stalling um, too much? But, <laughs> the classic Kayfaith and Bola Uh-oh. Style. All right, so. Yeah, let's fucking, shall yeah, we, you, should you, we just go? You ready to do this? Yeah. You ready to do this? Yeah. All right, Dylan, you've got 60 seconds-ish 
to tell me all about how Kira Hogan gets wrestling boots with a mind of their own that force her to kick all of her friends. Can I before before we start? Can I just make one thing? I just want to make. Yes. I just want to double check something. Yes. Since I don't know dick about AEW. Yes. I assume I can just make up who Kira Hogan is friends with. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I said earlier her friends are. Um, she's got Jade Cargo was one of her friends in that kind of fashion. Um, are they and, friends though, or are they just work acquaintances? You know what I mean. Acquaintances, yeah. Like Velvet Sky as well, but yeah, you probably don't know who that is. But yeah, make up her friends. Okay. Kira Hogan's best friend, Stevie Richards. Well. <laughs> Let's see how it goes. All right. I'm going to count you down in three, two, one. Let's go. Okay, so Kira Hogan is a wrestler, and she goes, and she's, like, getting ready to wrestle, but she's like, dude, I don't have any wrestling boots. What am I going to do? So she goes to try and find some new wrestling boots, and she sees an advert in Craigslist that's, like, selling wrestling boots, so she goes there, but the advert is, like, a house, but it's not a house. It's, like, a tent in the middle of the woods. She goes inside, and it's actually a witch, and she, the witch sells her the wrestling boots, but Kira Hogan's like, I just fucking need the boots, man. I don't care about your life story. I don't care if you're a witch. So she gets the boots, and then she goes back on the AEW TV show. But of course, because the witch sold her the boots, they're cursed. They're cursed wrestling boots. <laughs> oh, so no. Kira Hogan is like, I'm going to put these boots on and fight somebody in AEW. <laughs> but whatever she gets... Well, but she's a heel as well, right? Hikaru Shida. <laughs> Hikaru Shida, right. But whenever Kira Hogan puts the boots on, they're in the ring, and she's getting ready to kick. But she goes to kick, but then the boots like start to like move her away from Hikaru Shida, <laughs> and she like catapults out of the ring like a like a heat-seeking missile like and she ends up kicking shark boy right in the face <laughs> best friends of shark boy shark boy was in the audience he was sitting in the front row eating popcorn and then Kira hogan like 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 hones in on him like a missile kicks him in the face and she's like i didn't it was the boots and then um the commentators are like we don't know what this means let's cut the commercial and then they cut the break and then when it comes back something else is happening you know orange cassidy's playing the the accordion well, Red Union Cycle. I don't quite know. And uh, and then that happens every week. Every week. Is that, is kick, that a minute? Kick Shark Boy. That's a minute, yeah. Yeah. Kick Shark Boy. Good thing Shark Boy was of there, Of course right? Shark Boy's there. Of course he is. Yeah. Kira Hogan's best friend, Shark Boy. Yeah. Well, that's it. I was like, I can I can make up whoever his, her friends are, right? <laughs> that was very uh, good. To be fair... I was going to say Kid Cash, and then I thought, no, you know what? I'm going to swerve just, everybody, just bro. He's, he's too obvious a joke now, him. yeah. We've killed the exactly. joke already. <laughs> exactly. See, never give people what they're expecting. Always twist and turns. That's, that's it, how you that's do it, it, man. That's it. We've got plenty of wrestlers to throw randomly in there, so. <laughs> well, we did. Oh, man. Just imagine her with those boots, like, kicking, and then just, like, the fucking the penguin at the side of the stage. You know, little evil penguin um, with yeah. the controls. Oh, man. I need to watch that shit again. That's such good shit. Um, if you haven't seen Wallace and Gromit, go fucking watch it, man. What are you, what are you waiting on? Yeah. And he does the train set, remember? That, the train that set. looks amazing. The Kid Cash train set. That looks set. amazing. Full circle. On like, um, a stop motion of That's stunning. Yeah. I don't know how they did that. It was like 1995 or something. It's been right really long. Yeah, it was like, amazing. Yeah, done a really good yeah. job. It must have taken them fucking ages, but... Um, yeah. All right, that was a anyway. that was a great tombola. <laughs> uh, thanks for that. You, you yeah, did what you could with that. I mean, you don't know uh, any AEW wrestlers aren't on Dynamite, I guess. So, <laughs> <laughs> so that was, wasn't easy. Well, I just I don't know who Kira Hogan's friends are. Yeah. Like, how am I how am I supposed to know yeah. that? <laughs> and now we know it's it's Shark Boy. It's Shark Boy, just Shark Boy. Yeah, yeah. Her, her friends Shark are Shark Boy. Well, the other ones weren't there. Yeah. By the way, K Favors, and um, we are almost out of fan submitted K Favors tombolas. In fact. 
We may even be completely out, so um, I need to do a few checks. But if you want your Tombola featured in this season of Making Kayfabe, all you got to do is DM us on Twitter or Instagram at Making Kayfabe or email us at Making Kayfabe at gmail.com. Give us four random wrestlers, four random, four random scenarios, and we will do the rest. Now let's wrap this show up. Hey, that was Making Kayfabe. If this was your first episode, thanks for checking us out. We hope you enjoyed what you heard. We've got loads of episodes in the back catalogue that you can wrap your ears around. Our listeners recently voted on our top five episodes of all time, which ended up being King Regal, Keith Lee, Sean O'Hare, Kurt Angle's retirement, as well as a tie between John Cena's heel turn and the right to censor. So hey, those are good ones to check out. If you are a returning listener, thanks as always for your support. We always feel super blessed to have people downloading our episodes every week. We genuinely enjoy writing and recording these episodes and we're really happy that you dig what we do. Uh, plugs! We're at Making Kayfabe on Twitter and Instagram. Remember, we need Kayfabe to bonus submissions. Don't hang around, the slots usually fill pretty quickly. If you want to support Making Kayfabe with your wallet, we do have a Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash Making where you can access exclusive fantasy bookings for as little as £5 per month. Between seasons 5 and 6, we added exclusive fantasy bookings on Albert, the BWO, Danhausen and Pete Dunn, bringing the total number of exclusive bookings up to 16 for £5, that's 31p per episode. What can you buy for 31p these days? Literally fucking nothing. Not even a bag of crisps. But you can... Well, if you, li- if you listen to the Tories talk, they're like, 31p, <laughs> yeah, you can buy yeah. a week's worth of food. <laughs> like, well, like, oh, that's a bit rich coming from the guys who get all their expenses paid for and make like £80,000 a year, huh? Oh, yeah, you can feed your family. Sorry for taking this <laughs> outro to, to a weird place. But like... This is this is what politics has devolved into, people. A bunch of assholes telling us this is why we need that Patreon money because we can't afford food. We need that Patreon money because fuck the Tories. Um, exactly. <laughs> you can you can get access to making kayfabe on Patreon and support what we do. And um, that's at patreon.com forward slash making kayfabe. And finally, if you dug this episode, please shout about it. Let social media know or throw us a quick five-star review or a thumbs up wherever you're listening to this. It's free, it takes seconds, and it helps us convince more people to check us out. Anyway, Dylan's back with a fantasy booking of his own next week. Have you got a clue for the listeners on what you're booking, Dylan? Yes, I do. I think this might be a first in making kayfabe where I'm actually going to be rebooking somebody... That we've already booked. Already booked. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Somebody... I thought you were going to go get down the route of, uh, we're going to put Kid Cash on a set <laughs> gonna, of train tracks, We're going to put somebody on the train tracks. <laughs> but who could it be? Who could it be? I think you'll be pleasantly surprised. It's <laughs> Kid Cash. So, I mean, I've rebooked NWO before, but that didn't count. You know, obviously. That, it, that was, was an official part two. Yeah, exactly. Yes, it was a yeah. part two. But this isn't a part two. This is a completely different rebooking of somebody that has already been rebooked on this show who could it be who could it's, it be? it's not gonna be kira hogan it's not <laughs> spoiler alert <laughs> that rules her anyway it yeah really narrows down who it could be but um, it's somebody pretty big somebody that well i don't want to give too much away but i think you guys are gonna be pleasantly surprised so i think you're gonna have to make sure to say subscribed hit the we subscribe button on every um, podcast app that you're on Follow us on Twitter to make sure you stay in touch to hear what next week's episode is going to be. I guarantee you're not going to want to miss it. Oh, it's 
going to be a good one. It's going to be a good one. All right, Kayfabers, that's us for today. We'll be back next Tuesday, but until then, take care and always be Kayfabers. Goodbye.